my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I sound like Little Orphan Annie in that movie. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. I just made a trip two flights up from the kitchen. How to get some coffee, bunch of water, and make my way up to my attic just below the roof. You know, that's where I hang out here in the attic. I've been hanging out here for three years. Yes, they let me out for coffee and to grab a sandwich or two once in a while. But for the most part, I'm stowed away up in the attic. Just kidding, everybody. But listen, this is where we do the show. I was talking with my wife just the other day, and I said, you know, I really want to trick out the attic. I really want to turn it into a high-quality studio so it could be philanthropy and focus in focus productions from the top of my house just below the roof, just really making it a big deal. So, And then maybe when I always say, hey, come join me you know, on the show, come uh, you can actually join me in the attic one day. Maybe I will have folks come to the attic and you can do the show live in the attic. Anyway, look, let's talk about focus. This show is philanthropy in focus. And every single week, I bring another leader of a nonprofit on the program to help them tell their story and amplify their message. And that's what happens when you're a nonprofit sector connector or the nonprofit sector connector. Because I don't think there are multiple. I said a nonprofit sector connector. I don't know if there's other ones. I think I am the one. I made up the name. So it's funny. My buddy Scott Horowitz, shout out to Scott at TD Bank. We did a day of service with Long Island Coalition for the Homeless last a uh, couple weeks back. And... Um, and Scott made an email introduction for me. And the email, the, the subject line was nonprofit sectoring connectoring or it's something to that effect. And I said, I guess this is really a brand. I want to talk about focus for a second. I Googled something right quick before we got started, because I think it's going to be a, a nice way to start my conversation with Bill Shul today, who's here from Venture Foundation. And I, what you focus on grows, what you focus on grows. And I wonder if we as a society could. Focus on our abilities. Accentuate what we're good at. Accentuate the positive. There was an old song, accentuate the positive, something like that, right? Ba, 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 ba. But like, think about that. If we could get our focus off of where our shortcomings are, our disabilities, things we're not good at. Because I tell you here, sort of tongue-in-cheek, sort of self-deprecating, but there's a lot of things I'm not good at. But there's a handful of things, like four that I'm like really freaking good at. And I just want to do those as much as I can. And the things that I'm not good at, I'll try to get better if I choose to. But if not, I'm just going to have people around me that are really good in that. And that's their flow state. And that's their zone of genius. Let them do that. For instance, I'm not doing the production work. Dylan Nelson's doing the production work here on the show because that's what Dylan's, it's like his zone of genius, where my zone of genius is talking to people, asking inquisitive questions, and acting a little bit like a clown sometimes. So here he is. Here comes the clown. But look, it's all about, I say that because I want to set the stage when we think of people, as we say, with intellectual and developmental disabilities, I think of horseability, okay? I think of the Spirit of Huntington Arts Center, both of those organizations where I'm a board of directors member. I think of what we're doing is trying to, not trying to, but giving folks an opportunity to find out what they're really good at, whether they're not good at other things or they, they don't have abilities in other areas. We must all focus on that because I bet if you schooled a bunch of folks who are quote-unquote neurotypical and you tried to see things that they are not good at, and if we talked about all those things, they wouldn't be successful if we focus there. So focus on what you're good at. And that's where I want to kind of start this conversation because I something we said in our little virtual green room, Bill, was what made me start to think about that and think about the the focus on abilities versus the focus on inability or disability. So Bill Shul is here, Chief Executive Officer, Executive Director of Venture Foundation. Got to make one shout out even before Bill jumps into the conversation with me. If it wasn't for my relationships, if it wasn't for Mike Steger of Steger, Steger Law Firm, Mike does uh, patent law and trademark. He's a trademark attorney, does patent work. If you ever need somebody, reach out to the Mike Steger Law Offices of Mike Steger. And if you can't find him, reach out to me, TommyD.NYC on the Instagram and all over the place. And then always the email, TommyD at philanthropyandfocus.com, P-H-O-C-U-S. Bill Shul, I'm glad to have met you. You got a big smile. I'm going to have a bigger smile. I'm feeling your energy. My brother, how are you this morning? I'm really good. It's so great to hear someone with such passion for an industry that I think really needs it. And, and puts the focus, no, no, no pun intended, <laughs> where it really belongs. And, uh, and, and uh, we call ourselves a, a foundation that's on a journey of joy because that's what we want to help them do is reach that, uh, that pinnacle where they are living and having a good, good life 
as anyone else does. Everybody deserves it, right? Everybody deserves it. It's one of the things that I sort of get up on my soapbox, a little bit of pissed off for greatness, as I say sometimes, because there's there's so much opportunity for people. What the challenge, I think, in a lot of ways is accessibility. And it's making things accessible for people who may not have access to, to an opportunity. So like I always do on this show, Bill, you and I just talked about it before we got started. It's going to be about who is Bill? Who is Venture Foundation? How did you get connected to this work, the programs, the work you've done? The organization's been around over 40 years, so that's a special situation. So, I mean, even our industry, if you, if, if I could say our being part of it, nonprofit, but specifically serving the population we're going to talk about today, that's evolved. You know, the, the, the vernacular, certainly I'm glad we got rid of a lot of words we used to use to, to discuss our population, um, because I'll, I'll be straight with you, man. We're all we're all just human beings trying to be on this journey of joy. Isn't that what it is? I was blessed for 31 years to have my cousin Linda Cunningham in our life. And I always, Linda had uh, at the time special needs, we we would refer to it. Um, but Linda, I always used to say Linda just missed it. She just missed it because she was, she worked a couple, she worked at uh, Stop and Shop. She worked at CVS. She was bowling two or three nights a week. Um, and I, I just, we were blessed to have Linda in our lives. And I think it made us more sensitive, more concerned to have these types of conversations um, over my whole lifetime. Um, I, we didn't necessarily look at Linda as being all that different, to be honest with you, as, as we were growing up. And I'll tell you, my aunt and uncle held her the same level of accountability as, as their three other children. So, so that's, that's sort of how that went down. Um, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how you got connected to this work and this 40 year journey. Were, were you involved with the organization from inception? Let's, let's tell me about that. So, uh, sure. Um, um, how it really starts for, for me is, uh, camp venture, uh, venture was a, uh, an idea of parents, a mother, mother bears, I call them, uh, others call them that as well. Um, not with my kids, you don't. Uh, kind of a thing and the lot this is in the 70s and there were this is around the country i think new york was a bit of a leader in that and, and i'm in rockland i lived on long island for a long time i was a Lindbrook guy oh, no I, grew up, I grew up in queens i grew up uh, in Franklin square so i know Lindbrook very very well next there you go there you go yeah. my brother still lives there so so venture was a camp because the, they didn't have anything to do with in the, in the summer that evolved into and they got the land because the state gave them the loan them this and they used uh, public parks and things like that and uh, slowly they got gifts of houses and stuff and in 1972 or three if you remember the concert by uh, john Yo john lennon and yoko ono uh was right on the heels of the uh, expose that was done by uh geraldo rivera in willowbrook in staten island so about that two ago, about two weeks ago bill i had uh my Mike Billia from Life's Work on my show, you know, Vicky Schnepps, founder of Life's Work, very good friends with Geraldo. Um, in fact, you know, we're, I'm building a very strong relationship with Life's Work. So very familiar with Willowbrook and the whole thing. Sorry to cut you off, but like just. No, please. It's quite right. Yeah, that's the, it. The, the, whole, the whole flow of this goes, but no one cared. No one knew. And the mothers and the fathers and their friends were helping to make lives for these people that were sitting in the corner of some institution curled up in a ball. There's way too many pictures on this stuff. Oh, yeah. That's what Geraldo exposed. When he did that, the, the, the John Lennon reached out and said, can we help somehow? Wow. So John Lennon and Yoko put on the concert, which was going to be, they thought they'd get, you know, 10,000 people to go into Madison Square Garden or, or somewhere. They ended up doing like three or four shows, lots of money, lots of attention. And some of that money got given to some of the local, uh, what we'll call agencies. I uh, never venture. knew that. I never yeah. knew John and Yoko yeah. did something like that. I'm a huge Beatles fan, huge John fan, and I, did not know that story. The, a, a young fellow who became a senior vice president of news for uh, for, uh, for ABC uh, was started on the the nonprofit that was there to fund the funnel the money. That guy is still around, still friends of venture. Really? <laughs> and it just it's just that kind of uh, environment where, where helpers just have to go help somebody like yourself, yeah. like my, yeah, 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 my yeah. you know it. Exactly. So, we don't have a choice. Sorry. We don't have a choice, man. <laughs> you can't turn it off. Right. So so. Uh, uh, so anyway, that, that money that gave Venture the ability to start and, and build, buy, buy a first home. That home has now become 25 homes over 50 years, the group homes. Um, some are one or two people. The biggest one is 24. Or high, the highest level 
of people that venture services. So they have those the same the stop and shop jobs. They have yeah. lots of them have jobs like in golf courses and sure. so on and so forth. Um, that's where Venture Foundation comes in because along the way, about 10 years in, they were concerned that the federal government was starting to fund this with Medicaid. Problem number one, two, three, and four, obviously, because Medicaid is the one that is most abused today, and it's the one they're looking to cut literally in Congress this week. Uh, so as that, as that evolved, uh, the parents kept, they were so thankful, they kept their interest financially and, and, and work-wise, and the foundations took over to start to raise funds. We have raised a lot of money over the years. We are here to um, do three things in, in essence, our bylaws. One, to fund unfunded programs. What would be an unfunded program? Uh, an equestrian center. We, we, we give a half a million dollars to help build an equestrian center up in Stony Point in Rockland. And, and because venture camp venture or venture together has no ability to raise money they're, they're entirely funded by state and federal so that they can't do those things there'd be no horseback riding right. um, we've rebuilt pools we've re we've done so many different things that are unfunded uh concepts so that that's number one number two we're here to uh publicize the good works of venture so thank you for having us on the show today it's one well, of my responsibilities is to do that and three is to actually own real estate because they thought that the government would then take houses that were donated by, uh, you know, testamentary will or, or trust or something that the, the government would say, no, 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 you own that house. We're going to reduce the money we give you. And that's the battle evermore with government funding or subsidies that if if I would if we have people who pass away and they, they want the, the staff to be given raises or not my staff, but venture together staff be given big raises and big you know money subsidy. Conceptually, if you if they were to do that legally, Medicaid or the government has the responsibility to reduce the amount of stipends that they give for those very people. So it balances out. It's 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 like saying fifteen dollars an hour ends up being more than. Therefore, you have to reduce it because you're getting money from an alternate source. So wow. it's it's so sad. It's so sad. Um, so. You know, it's funny though. Sorry, not funny, like to laugh at, but to me, like, like we should be paying these direct care workers, you know, much more than the fifteen. I we don't have the time to go into it with you and I today, but just the fact that, or maybe we will go into some of it. It it blows my mind. And you know, we own an employee benefits agency, Vanguard Benefits, so we're in these conversations with nonprofit leaders on a consistent basis. And as you probably know, nonprofit organizations, and many of our listeners know, pay a higher rate towards employees benefits because they're paying these people at such a low rate. And that's based on what comes back from that, from the government and what funding sources and all that. But I know organizations would rather pay these people much more, much higher rates of pay. You know, yes, benefits are important and I know it because that's my business. We talk about it all the time, but to pay somebody who are on the front lines, taking care of somebody's family member, such a low wage, it doesn't make sense, Bill, right? I, tell me about what you- Well, well real, real simply, again, this is not my employees. These are the, these are the uh, DSPs, they call them direct service professionals for, for, for Camp Venture, for, for Venture Together, for yeah. example. But they don't get 15 bucks an hour. Most of them are below that. Oh, no kidding. There is no rule that applies to them, in particular, what, exactly what you're saying, there is no rule that says you have to meet that minimum wage. They're excluded from the $15 minimum. And yes, there's been, yes, there's been politicians and marches and a lot of hoo-ha over the last four or five years, and they still do it. And the bigger agencies like ARC uh, and, mm -hmm. and or ARCA, as we uh, yeah. call it now, uh, Joanio in Rockland anyway, they, they, they spend a lot of time in Washington and Albany trying yeah. to make something happen. So no, they don't get paid uh, even minimum, what we call minimum. And even if you did, to be able to do that kind of work and do it for really sub, not even substance money is, yeah. is, in, is crazy. No, it is crazy. And we're going to go to break in a minute or two here. But the thing about it is it's crazy because – um what these are people who are on the front lines that are that are that are i'll give you a quick example we have a client um we were away together on, um at a fundraising event and one of the employees mentioned that she was physically injured at the group home let's just say it was on a tuesday because i've been telling the story that way that it was on a tuesday so I was, that's what I remember. It happened on a Tuesday. It works. <clears throat> but she came back to work on Wednesday and went back to work and back to supporting the uh, the participants, the the consumers, the people who are living in the home. And, and that's that. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that 
you, you know, well, what am I saying? It, it, this is not the way we should be treating folks. You know, they should be paid a, a good living wage because they're doing very important special work. Anyway, I could get up on my soapbox, which I do I tend to do three or four times a show. So we'll probably see it back again. But for now, we're going to put it aside because there's a lot to cover. So really, it's three pieces. It's the unfunded programs. It's publicizing. And then it's owning real estate. So I, when you talk that way, and we're going to go to break in a second. When you say that owning real estate, you're actually talking because I'm hearing venture camp i'm hearing the venture foundation where you lead the venture foundation that's your organization correct correct okay good all right and, so we, and we support and we support venture venture their 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 unfunded programs is what we support got it all right we're going to get deeper into understanding the mechanics of all that when we come back bill shul is here the organization's venture foundation again shout out to mike steger for making this connection if it wasn't for my network i don't have anything i just made that song up we'll be right back philanthropy and focus Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy. So that's what your job is. Your job is to cut through the static. My job is to try to entertain you, educate you, and I got a huge mug of coffee. It's the Mental Health Association in Nassau County. Shout out to Jeff McQueen. I got a t-shirt and I got this big old mug, which is going to be an ice cream mug eventually. But right now, today, it's a coffee mug. But I had lunch with Jeff McQueen and my friend Yolanda Rabano Gross a couple weeks ago. Um, I will tell you this, man. Uh, we were at the Capitol Grill, a place here on Long Island. And um, I think they have more than one Capitol Grill. But the one I was at was on Long Island. And, um, the you know, I don't know what we were going to order. But the waitress told us that that they have the best burger on Long Island. And then that was like, that was it. So we, we all had the burger. And I will tell you, there was nothing left on my plate. It was a phenomenal burger. Um, I do a, I do another show called the Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. So, I <laughs> we talk a lot about vegetarianism and veganism and things. I was not one that day, um, although you know I am going to attempt to do some of that to be better for the animals. Uh, anyway, that's this mug came from there. You guys know mental health. The conversation is critically important to me. It it, it is like neck and neck how do we serve our individuals with idd and how do we address the mental health conversation uh sometimes these conversations you know they they cross together and they're in, involved together but uh, you've heard me say it i i can't believe it i said i put the soapbox away but here it comes uh, we must improve the way we have this conversation around mental health in this country on this planet we must it is critically important if the last three years i was saying this recently just last night if the last three years has taught us anything 
I believe that everyone has, you know, experiences different levels of mental health challenges. And I call them challenges because we all have challenges in life and we need support at different times. And we must have that compassionate conversation. Anyway, that's what happens with a coffee mug. A coffee mug makes me tell an entire story about mental health. Jeff McQueen, I'm glad you gave me the mug. See what happens. All right. Bill Shulman's here. Let's get back to this particular story, Tommy. D. try to focus P-H-O-C-U-S on what we're doing right here right now. Bill. I'm just like, this is sounds like there's this very intricate relationship going on between the organizations and your specific organization has these multi-pronged uh, responsibilities and priorities. So I'd love to see if you could, first of all, actually, before we do that, I don't understand. I don't even think we hit upon this. How did you, what, what was your exposure point and your background that got you to this level with the organization, if you could? I, um, yeah, as we, as, as that whole thing evolved into what has become um, venture together or an agency in, in lots of them. Um, I coached a lot of sports. I coached uh, 30 teams in 20 years on five different sports yeah. on Long Island and up in, in Rockland. And along the way, came across a young girl uh, and my daughter played at a high level softball. The girl was on a rec, rec team and she was she was oddly uh, uh, uncoordinated. It, it just incongruous, it seemed. She seemed um, just strangely uncoordinated. I asked the mother, what was the story? And she pointed to her two other children who were sitting in the stands. And that became uh, my my road into autism and and what, what it meant to be a parent. Uh, well, not personally, but um, I was running a, so- a huge soccer organization. We had some extra money. And I said, what happens to the kids who have IDD or an IDD population or whatever a population doesn't matter, dis- disability in, a, in any form? Yeah. What do they do for sports? Because I ran so many, they, we saw none. So I started a thing called Buddy Ball Sports. And Buddy Ball Sports was a baby little program. The first day, rain, rainy, cold day in November. I'm wearing, still wearing shorts. I had canceled soccer because it was such a crappy day. 85 kids showed up. Really? I said, where the hell? Well, yeah, how did yeah. I not know this? And where the hell have you been hiding? And, that, and how did they find you? What was, I mean, how many years? We advertised. We yeah. advertised. Again, I was a very, very large, uh, we had 2,500 kids in a soccer program. So all okay. We were a big footprint. Yeah, big yeah. Footprint. And um, they, they showed up and they said at the end, so we, we I did what I do. You give them uniforms, you break them into groups and say ages and sizes and all that stuff and still didn't know much about the industry. That became, what are you going to do next? Yeah. Uh, well, I do CYO, so basketball. So we did basketball, then we did tennis, then we did, then we did, then we did. Yeah. We just kept getting to the sports programs because, and shockingly, sometimes their ability to hit a basket from like plus three point range was beyond anybody I ever saw. So the, the normalcy, as you've said before, yeah, right. find what you're good at. Yep. And, and and to this day, they, they'll run adult games of that. And the, some guys will plant themselves 37 feet from the basket, waiting for that shot. No kidding. They just can I, rain from there. Just, they just could so, Steph Curry. Yeah, sir. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I, a local politician, uh, I was introduced, I wanted to start the program, and he he happened to be the longest running um, uh, uh, legislator in New York State history, 45 years, I believe, John Murphy, well known up here, and he was the president of Camp Venture. Mm. And okay. so he said, you know, you, you, you should hook up with us. Yeah. So I, got, I joined the Venture Foundation board. And I, mostly doing uh, events and athletic stuff, that kind of thing. And eventually, after about 12 or 13 years, they came to me and said, we really need you to, to replace a gal that had been one of the, the original, original ED yeah. um, for Venture uh, for t- Foundation. And I joined the, about almost nine years ago. So that's, that's, uh, that's how I got here. I love that. So look, got to give a quick shout out to a friend of mine, Christine Fitzpatrick. I don't know if you haven't run into Christine. She ran, runs the League of Yes down here which is a baseball, softball league. They, yeah, Eisenhower Park. I know you know Eisenhower Park. I certainly do. Uh, certainly, like, she's, uh, she also has a hookup out on Suffolk, I believe. But uh, we, in the Lindy Lou Foundation, have supported some of the work they've done. You call this Betty Ball, uh, excuse me, Betty Ball. Buddy. Buddy ball. Buddy, ball, buddy ball Sports. And it's funny, I, I'm involved with Best Buddies. I'm in, I sit on the uh, New York City Advisory Board for Best Buddies in New York. So, uh, you know, I'm, you're familiar with Best Buddies International, right? Uh, of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah. These, these, if I may, these yeah. things. Uh, so I don't, I don't do Buddy Ball anymore. When yeah. I got to venture, I shifted my my thing there. But Buddy Ball still runs. It's part of the Orange uh, OMM Soccer in 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 uh, which I was the president of for for seven or eight years. Um, all, all that complexity ends up with just helping kids. 
helping yeah. kids. Right. right. Yeah. So, so, uh, so, um, in any event, um, when I got in with John Murphy and, and so on and so forth, we do this, but it, it takes it. I mean, I don't love the, the origin of this, but it does take a village. I mean, it really does. And unfortunately, this is a part of the world that the village wasn't paying any attention to. So the kids that get to play sports, swimming, I don't care what you, what you do. It could be tiddlywinks, it could be, you know, uh, uh, chess, uh, dances, whatever you want. But they should have the same exact opportunities. Right. They- well, it's accessibility, isn't it, Bill? I mean, it's what I said up front, you yeah. know. I just think it's accessibility and, and you go back your story, you know, which is, look, it's a tragic story, Willow Brook, but it's, it's one of the ones we can look back to, as I would say, you know, it, it was a transitional situation, right? We had that expose that, you know, that, you know, Vicky Schneps and a small team of folks and, and obviously Geraldo had, had uncovered. I mean, Geraldo was not Geraldo. He, I mean, he was still Geraldo Rivera, but he was like, not who we know him to be 50 years ago. Right. I, I mean, right. It, right. That, that was, I'd have to guess that was one of the things that probably put him on the map, but it was that, expo, right? Interestingly, the first show that he did was not for 2020 National. It was for 2020 in New York only. Oh, is that right? Okay. And then, and then the National picked it up and that's when the, the pixie dust happened. Sure. And it became a and big he's still And he's still involved. He was around for our 40th. He was around for our 50th. Uh, his good, the guy who started that profit was called, we want to shout out, here's one, Paul Dolan, who was the senior VP uh, of news, is still involved in that in other parts of, of the country. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's, but again, where did I write it down? You, you, it was something about how you can't stop people like us from getting involved and helping out because that's what it is. I mean, like it, sometimes to, I'll, I'll say sometimes it's to my own detriment that I'm focused more on this work than I'm focused on my business because, but I think it's all the same, honestly, you know, when I'm out and I'm supporting people, it, they understand that, you know, I'm in the business community as well. And it all sort of helps, you know, it's not, I don't go out to network you know, necessarily to grow my business. I go out and do days of service and help out nonprofits and our business continues to grow. So must be doing something right. I'm planting the right seeds, right? Well, if I could, I would just do the phrase I was going to use before. I was honored early on by venture and you stand in front of 400 people and everybody's going, yay, that's great. Yeah. And it's like, I'm saying, but, but you all can do this too. You know, like I'm not a magic, I'm a, a magician here. Go, go, go get, go get involved. And, and what I told them in, when I spoke that night is that people think that this is a revolutionary topic and it's not, it's an evolutionary topic. This all should have evolved in, on its own, in its own way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I will tell you that Long Island, Michigan, Indiana, Alaska, yeah. people are doing the same things. I, I know this. I, yeah. I, I don't have to wonder about it. I, I know that there's good hearts around and, and, and active people. So, um, you know, we just we happen to be just part of a bigger group. I believe. Yeah, I, I think. And listen, you know what? I had uh, a few weeks ago, um, I had Stephen Chasman, who's the executive director of Long Island Coalition of, of Alcoholism and Drug Dependency, because, again, um, ha- I, there's these things that I'm really pissed off about and that I'm really trying to make an impact. And and one is this conversation around mental illness. And it, and it's other thing, too, Bill. We, I don't know if we'll, we, it's not really not exactly relevant to our topic, although with your experience and all hanging out and spending time and educating these young people, it's important to bring up anyway, is this fentanyl crisis that we're dealing with in this country and the scary stuff that that's all about. So like, this is one of my, you know, one of my hills I've decided to get up on and and start yelling about because we need to have these conversations. But when, when Steve Chasman was on this show, he kept saying, I know if he said it twice, he said it three times. He, he said, look, you don't, if you, if you want to support a nonprofit, it doesn't have to be us. He goes, if you want to volunteer for a nonprofit, it doesn't have to be us. We'd be great if it is, but it doesn't have to be. His point was, Get out there. My point is, get out there. Do your day of service. Bill Schul's point: standing in front of a room full of four hundred people. Is, I'm no hero. Not that you know. Not that we're not heroes, but you know what I mean, Bill. Most leaders and nonprofits go. It ain't about me, man. It's about the others in the organization. It's about my volunteers. It's about my board. Right. That's what I hear so many times. You know, and it's about a challenge to say. Get out there. You want to do a day of service a month. You want to do a day of service a quarter. You just want to get out there. Whatever. I've taken my sons, and this is not to say that we're so great, but I took my sons and we painted the basement at the Waterfront Center. I was asked the Waterfront Center up in Oyster Bay, not too far from where I am here on Long Island. And and my boys love it. My eight-year-old is always like, when are we going to do another day of service? You know what that does to me, Bill? When are we going to do another day of service? I'm like, what? It's not like when am I going to see the Mario movie? And they call me. They tell me it's not Mario, it's Mario. But I think it's Mario. But I'm not real sure. I got. I got. I got to text somebody and ask them how to say it. How would you say it? the Super Mario Brothers? I would say Mario because that's how 
and I and I like that's lots of Italian friends, and that's, that's nice. But I grew up. Well, I got a bunch of Italian guys in the neighborhood that tell me it's Mario, and I go, all right, whatever. So, anyways, real quick, uh, real quick the, uh, the 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 one of my first buddies when I did buddy ball was my eight year old daughter. Oh my god, love it! And at the table that night, my wife said, "How was buddy ball?" My daughter said, "It was great." Yeah. And I'm like, I was there, and it's pretty cacophonous. It's crazy going around. And I had assigned her to two girls, and so you just stay with them, a 14 and 15 year old. I said, Well, why was this so great? I, I didn't. She said, Well, what'd you do with those two? She goes, Well, they rolled me down the hill. It was nowhere. <laughs> I'm like, Okay. And then once so I went back to the top, and then and then they rolled me down the hill again. Okay. And then what'd you do? It was well, then we did the cloud game. You know, it looks like a giraffe, looks like a lion, looks like a. And then I got the goosebumps came, and I got it. I feel. Where like- was the value here? The value prop wasn't to the two girls that had someone helping them. The value prop was to my daughter. Yeah. As well. I'll tell you, man, I, I've said it sometimes. I know I've said it live on this show and, and it's, it's a little bit, the irony of the whole thing for me is it's a little bit selfish. What I do, like all the work I do, I feel, feel good. good. I feel great about it, man. I like feeling good versus not feeling good. So I've done like this a Monday or Tuesday. I realize I've, I've woken up and, you know, I'm a little low on energy and a little low on, on uh, positivity. And I go, I go volunteer a little bit for an hour or so at, like at a, at a, at a um, pantry in my neighborhood. I pop by. I, one day I, I wasn't even going to volunteer, but I stopped by and I brought donuts and, and like a box of Joe for the, for the volunteers. And that made me feel good because I wanted to appreciate them. I couldn't stick around all day, but I could make that impact. And so, so I don't know, uh, maybe it's uh selflessly selfish maybe that's a topic maybe that's maybe i got something there Sounds like a song. i'll make one up i'll sing it let's go right to a break we'll be right back bill and tommy in the attic are you passionate about the conversation around racism hi i'm reverend dr tlc host of the dismantle racism show which airs every thursday at 11 a.m eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Never doubt that a small group of committed citizens can change the world. In fact, it's the only thing that ever has, right? That's Margaret Mead. I think I got most of the words right. And I think you need to take that to heart. You can make an impact. You can make change in the world. I say, you know, I, I this little thing I say, you know, on this coffee mug that my friend Dara got me, says, no big deal. Just changing the world, right? With a little Tommy D figure on the back. But that's what it, I, I say that tongue in cheek because it is a big deal. Everything you do, any volunteerism you do is a big deal and you can change the world. And if you have an idea like these moms, these mama bears, these mother bears had, I mean, many organizations that serve our population, the IDD population started out as family members who were looking for programming that wasn't there 40 or 50 years ago, Bill, right? Like I find a lot of these organizations that now have 20, 30, 40 group homes, you know, started out as programming because they needed to find something for their children to be involved with. Those organizations that have, they have programs started out as a small unit of parents that were looking to make a change. So anyone, I put it to you now, if you want to do something, do me a favor, get out there and do it. 
It's not going to go perfect. I promise you that, you know, but get out there, try something. Because once you try, then you find out what can I do with this? How can I change it? Bill, let's get back into it. Let's talk about programming. Let's talk about, you know, pools. And you said you, you support the equine therapy program. The, the foundation does. Let's go into that, please. And tell me some stories. Sure. Um, uh, what I'll tell you is that the, there was no equestrian center. We built an equestrian center. There now were, I think, uh, seven horses in there. They do riding with, and and it's it's one of those things. You and I chatted before about what is good, what is physical activity is 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 um, positive for people in the IDDM world. And let me tell you, jumping jacks is the one I told you first. Yeah. But you know, horseback riding is another. It's the motion of the animal, and it really actually has a physiological impact, a positive one, which is why else would we build an equestrian center? Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, uh, so that that's one of our ideas. The uh, so our camp, the, the Ventures Camp, it's still called Camp Venture, is up in northern Stony Point, uh, uh, northern Rockland, Stony Point, and it's on land that was uh, is sort of uh, granted to us, uh, granted to Venture Together uh, uh, for use only to do this, not to make money, not to do any of this stuff. It's to run this camp. So mm-hmm. up there, that we ha- they have programs. They've got a select program that helps take care of the horses, for example, and they do a variety of outdoorsy kinds of things. And it fits certain of the of the clientele, and it doesn't fit all the others. Um, but next to it is this four acre, five acre pool area. Um, there's stuff that was built there was built in 1910, 1910. That's the land the state gave gave to venture. Um, and uh, the pool walls were almost three feet thick. So very, but they hadn't been touched. So we built a second pool, which very much more modern skinny walls uh, next to it. And those things have been sitting like that for um, 30 years, 25, 30 years. And you don't know what happens. It just gets completely degraded. Playground was put in by Saturn car company, which doesn't exist anymore. That's that's how old everything is. So we we took a bunch of money that we had been saving over the years um, from generous supporters. um, And we decided the venture gave us the right, me the right to be the the person in between to go ahead and design, build and implement the brand new pools. If you saw that, you can see it actually, it's on, we have a video up on our website, uh, which is um, venturefoundation.org. And if you go there, you can actually see the video of the way the camp looks today. And you'd think you were in a island resort. That's really? How pretty, that's how pretty the pool is. It's really gorgeous. I got. How long is the trip from Long Island? Let's assume Nassau County, because you know Nassau County, for me to get up to Stony Point for a visit. Well, again, coming coming from Limerick and still visiting the island regularly, I I, I know this trip all too well. I did it for for uh, three years before I moved up oh, here. Did you really? You were traveling. I went from Limbrook to 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 uh, Chestnut Ridge, uh, New Jersey, which is right on the border of Rockland. Okay. Every day. I, there's no part of the, the of any of the roads up here that I don't know. Yeah, and they and they're all terrible. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so if, what would it take you? Probably an hour. Um, oh, at, 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 oh yeah, at the right time. So just think of it this way: it's it's 25 minutes or so from the GW. Oh, is that all? Okay. Yeah. From the Tappan Zee, you mean it's 25 minutes from the Tappan Zee. Got it. Yeah, and again, like you said, which I think is great. You know, we go to the Poconos a lot. We, um, my my wife and the kids, and and uh, now the new dog Cheeto. But we go up to the Poconos, and uh, like anything else, man, leaving this island is a, it's an it depends on the time of day. I'm like, let's. Get, I would rather leave the house at 5 a.m. Like, and then we'll figure out the rest of the day. We got the whole day in front of us, man. You want to crash out and sleep after that? That's fine. But to sit on that Cross Bronx Expressway, you know, or or to sit. I mean, I I went up to the Poconos last week, and I came back because. We brought horses. We brought the mini horses from Horseability to the Long Island uh, Alzheimer's and Dementia Foundation. And I, I can't even tell you. I mean, just these mini horses, you can imagine. Right. So you I have shot, them. you have them. So I, I, I'm coming up to Stony Point. But here's the thing. I'm coming back. And this is like it's 110 miles door to door. OK, this is a, the first 70 miles cruising baby coming back from the poconos right and as i get closer and closer to this island forget about it it was like an hour and a half to get over the bridge and it was just a nightmare because i i didn't leave at five from poconos i left at 5 45 a.m so that that window you know windows we know about windows and when you got to get in and get out and it was just it was forget about it but that's my that's my point just 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 for commonality because we have an awful lot of commonality the first time that my my wife and i used to go camping in the poconos yeah we were coming back through and had the same experience. It was great until, and we got to Nanuet. Yeah. And I was like, you know, if we lived up here, 
we we be home already. It, that's, that's part of the reason we moved up here. Yeah, Move yeah, but like I mean, when we remember when it was Superstorm Sandy, and like you know what, the island got hit, and there was no gas, we couldn't get you know fuel, and it was just like like we literally are like if there ever was anything like for real, like we're like stranded out here on this island. Anyway, I've been here my whole life, forty five years, and I don't think until my youngest. I do say this. I say the year my youngest starts high school is like that September is the same day the house goes on the market. Like <laughs> I can get the heck over this island, but who knows what will happen? You know, uh, you know, we make plans and God laughs, they say, right? Or the universe laughs at us. So I want to hear some. So that's the equestrian. Let's so, go. So if, I, if I could on the pool, just to finish that out. So the pool and the whole thing we built is for the benefit of the people that attend the summer camp that Venture started with and still maintains. And it's a half NT, half IDD population. They tend to be kids between the ages of five and, five, and 14 or so, 15. Uh, it's a very friendly, gentle pool. They're, they're, and we do have mini horses. And I know, and they're not ponies; they're mini horses. Yeah. And we've they've got they've got goats and all that other stuff. They got a little menagerie. Yeah. Uh, so there's a whole bunch that goes on there. Um, and we run events up there. So the pool and that whole process. There's a lot of acres. There's seven pavilions. I have a pavilion that sits 200 people. So we run a you know family reunions up there because awesome. it's very countrified. Uh, it's actually right near the Stony Point Little League, as a matter of fact. Okay. So that's what the pool. How that ends up. Um, other things that we do. Uh, to raise funds, though we do events as well. We, 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 we exist for the generosity of the enormous generosity of some of our, our parents and, uh, and, and some of them not parents. Uh, we've gotten multi, multi, multi thousand dollars gifts. I've gotten a couple of gifts that top a hundred thousand. And, and that's what helps us to be able to even start to afford this. We didn't afford all of what we just spent. And so we're on a fundraising mission to sort of feedback into the program so that we can continue to build. I want to build a wiffle ball field. I, I, you know, there's other things I want to do, a, yeah. a, an adaptive fitness trail. There's, there's a list of things. And all this is stuff that Venture uh, together uh, has need for, wants wants us to do, or we wouldn't do it because we don't own the land, right? right. It, it's it's their property. So they agree and we go ahead and we fund it. So, so let's just explain that again, because I, I don't know if it's it might be confusing to people. So the your the Venture Foundation exists as a fundraising mechanism. Correct me if I'm wrong in any way in what I just said. Totally correct. Yeah. So that's it. So, so, but the programs are run by Camp Venture, Venture Together. That's their thing, right? And you, correct. Okay. So, um, so in that sense, are there? Have you thought about? Again, I don't know the geography up there. I don't know what big corps are up there and stuff like that. But I have to assume. I, I take from this conversation you and I have had for the last forty minutes that you're a networker man you know how to you know how to connect with people you know how to hit the schmooze if you will that's one of my favorite books everybody if you haven't read it's called mr schmooze it's about 80 pages long and anybody who knows me in the real world would say wow that tommy d sort of sounds like they wrote this book about you <laughs> but um but i uh i wonder about like that yourself you, you know building community i guess is another way to say it bill talk about that are there certain People, even if you want to shout out in community up up that way, or are there certain companies uh, on the other side of things that would be great connections for you as you look forward, you know, in, as from a relationship perspective? Well, there certainly are. There's a there's a there's a there's a, a community of people who have helped us get this far. And and Mike Steger, for example, smaller professional agencies like his, there's a bunch of them that we have that 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 stand by us all the time. Almost anything we would ask them of. It's a, a little guy, a, a little ice company. It's, it's, it's Abbey Ice. It's just yeah. an ice production company. Uh, he's, he's been with us for, for for all of our all of our years and we have people they have nothing to do with us they don't everybody in care it's right. just that B boards used to be made up of those kind of people now we look for boards that are made up of people who actually have more access to funds and can help us raise money mm -hmm. um yeah there's big corporations up here um like there are everywhere right. but you know getting into verizon for example and getting verizon they used to be a little bit easier to to work with to get funding from from for a company like that and they've been very generous over the years to us td bank key bank yeah. um all, all those kinds of things that where we where we have our services uh are provided is is a natural symbiotic right relationship yeah. yes our insurance services by the way which we so by the way just to real quick venture together a lot of the agencies have their fundraising built into the agency itself right, right. arc is that way and juanio those are the two up by me the arc is everywhere uh that's how they do it venture wasn't built that way mm -hmm. venture was built as 
two separate entities. Right. F foundation came afterwards and was connected to and services and provides for uh, the, 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 the unfunded programs and so on. Uh, but we have a separate board, separate EIN. But again, your mission is these three pillars, if I could, right? Funding yep. on the programs of the other organization, publicizing the good work, and owning real estate, right? Those three. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what, but we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about this, this one piece that we didn't spend much time on. Um, owning of the real estate. So I'd love to understand what that looks like. And, and if that puts you as an organization, if you don't mind, in a position for other acquisitions of real estate, and is that a focus? You know, is it, I know we say owning real estate, but is it, is there a goal to get more if you want to talk about that? And then I'd like to talk about sort of upcoming events going into, you know, going into June and, and what's happening and, um, and how else we can help. How's that sound? Terrific. All right, we'll be right back. Philanthropy and Focus. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. And we're back. Look. I think in life, we got to make it better for the next generation, you know, and, uh, you know, Bill said earlier in the program here about this should be an evolutionary topic, but for something was hitting me because you and I spoke, Bill, right before the show, um, and, and you mentioned your own children, and I just, and, and I mentioned, you know, my youngest, and, and certainly it's not lost on my other three, uh, this this responsibility i'll call it to give service and be involved you know some people we talk a lot in our space about time treasure talent you know some people can write those big checks some people can write smaller checks some people can invest time some people can be the volunteers you know whether that be a board member or volunteering in some other capacity and uh some people can build a house some people got a big old mouth and they can run a show called philanthropy and focus and interview people on a weekly basis some people have that talent um and and there's that that sort of stuff but i wonder you know, before we even jump into this real estate, if you want to focus on that a little bit and upcoming events, just the impact it's had on your own children, right? To see you in this work. Can you talk about that for a moment or two? Um, there's an awful lot of good words you just said. And um, I think there's nothing more fundamental. It's almost like, I want to say this in a, it's a strange way, but faith. A religion, I'll call it that. It's almost like that, that what faith and religion gives people, whatever it may be, whatever you follow, um, it gives you the hope to go on that everything doesn't, isn't going to be, be terrible and end. And the giving back part, what we do is we help people who can't help themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, there's no other way to put that. If you have a baby, if you have someone who, who, who had an operation, or you have somebody who's, who's at the end of life, all these things exist for opportunities for us to do something for someone who can't do it. So you can be the one that walks by and doesn't help 
you could be the one that the woman trips on the uh, on, on the on the walk or or the older guy can't uh, shovel his walk whatever those there's a hundred examples yeah. but if you don't teach the to kids in their youth which is what some of the programs that i've run was about was putting together buddy ball putting together two people an able and a, yeah. and a disabled person to yeah. say you should help them and i learned from that, how much my kids got from it. Now, I don't really know what they think of it for me personally. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and, and mine are older than yours now, right. but um, I know what it's done for them. Yeah. I see that, and you could see this in your own world. Look at the other people who give of themselves, family members to other people. It, 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 you're born, you're bred, you know, nature, nurture, I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah, super important. It's super important. We are, we're we're creating the next generation. Remember that, everybody. So so do your service. All right. So let's talk about it, this this real estate piece because I'm more curious about it than anything else, which is pretty much what the show is all about. You know, my curiosity and helping tell stories. So, hey, as an as a um, holder of the real estate, right? As a manager of the real estate, is there growth plans there or not really? Am I missing? No, no. It 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 it, it was more fundamentally when we first were founded to say that the that. The agency probably couldn't own the land, a, right. a house. Okay. It's called a, a, a Jersey Shore house. We're mm-hmm. a house right in our neighborhood. So what they would do is they would give it to Venture Foundation, and uh, we would essentially eventually turn that over to Venture in a, in a different way because uh, it wasn't something that we – we don't have need for this stuff. We don't rent it. In the, these are group homes for people – young men and women who well men and women not young anymore they live longer longer live in the houses so the real estate part was really there for for a uh, protection concept that really we don't we don't run real estate got it perfect all right good all right so i know you know certainly i was going to share the screen real quick and this is always like my favorite time of year for a lot of reasons i am not a very good golfer I love to get out there and hack the ball. Um, I any time when I don't go through a dozen golf balls on a, on a on a golf course that I've left there and donated, that's a pretty good day for me. So I'm I have to guess so, sir. Probably as with all the sports and stuff you're involved with, you're a golfer. I am a golfer. I, I've I've done most every kind of golf thing. I owned an indoor golf place. How's that? Oh, really? Uh, called, called the World Trade Country Club. It was uh, next door to the, the Bankers Trust Plaza in, in downtown Manhattan, and the World Trade right right there nestled. So yeah, golf is a is a favorite of mine. Um, and um, yeah, I played a lot of the courses out by you. So yeah, this this tournament is a memorial tournament that was founded for the original founder Kathy Lukens, and the Lukens family were the ones that really. Uh, deserve the shout out they did they did so much work um so much um imagination and creativity but most of all um just sticking with something they just it's impossible not to to, to appreciate just how much th- they believed in this they had a son that needed care and they helped they fu- fundamentally built all this so we just now do it we've lost a lot of our originals so we yeah. make it a fundamental a, a, a found excuse me a memorial golf tournament um we do it this this year it's at the new york country club it's beautiful up there gorgeous overlooks the, the hudson valley fabulous wow. looking place our fees are 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 much more reasonable than oh you'd God. find on like a, yeah on a it's, it's, it's low i mean gang look it's 275 a golf or a thousand dollar foursome i gotta be honest if you don't know much about golf outings you don't find thousand dollar foursomes <laughs> <laughs> certainly not down here on Long Island. I mean, we, you know, I sit on the board of the Bayside Business Association, and we got a pretty low fee there. But we play, we play a Clearview, we play with a public course, a New York City course, you know, American Golf. But, um, you know, but you don't see for the most part where you're gonna no, you you drop a thou and you get four guys out to play golf. That's a and and the meal and the whole thing. So that's a home run. So I got to figure out how to get up there myself and get in and get involved with you guys. We'll, we'll be certainly we'll certainly let you know about it. The uh, we do other events. We're doing a uh, people. Uh, we're doing a mystic event. A a uh, a, 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 a well, actually, the mo- one of the most popular mystics that was out there, um, Lynn Van Van Grotten. She uh, she passed away. She yeah. lives on Long Island. She just passed away. She was supposed to do it. We've replaced it with her partner. So we do things like that that people are interested in. Things that they're, if you want to go spend money on something, yeah. you want to have a beer, a, a bartender challenge, we'll yeah. run it and and you can drink your beer and then we get a uh, we get our vig out of that so mo- mostly we do big events so we do the rothman autism symposium which is one of the bigger ones we've now switched mostly 
It's in October. We, we, we bring together some of the uh, about uh, about a third of the science guys and a third of the social people. Mm. So what they what we do is we bring in people that are, are, are specific to the science part. The, uh, the the Autism Science Foundation is one of our one of our helpers there. Um, and then we bring in stuff about about how do you get services? How do you how do you find things like Buddy Bowl? How do you how do you form a life? Yeah. For your child, your, your child's 21. You, you're about to enter, get out of the school program, and now you're going to have life happen to you. So now what do we do? And the schools, I don't think they do as good of a job, and I don't think the, the government does much of a job at all. So they need guidance. So the Autism Symposium, we host as many as 600 people. Is there a website to find out about the symposium? RocklandAutismSymposium.com. All right, so we'll get that out there for everybody. Rockland, okay, came, comes up as soon as I typed in Rockland Autism. Yes, sir. Okay, got it. October. Okay, so so let me uh, let me tell one quick story, and then we gotta we gotta head out. So you talk about the mystics. So I I, it, I mentioned Bayside Queens, and uh, I'll shout out to Bourbon Street, our friends at Bourbon Street. And you know how sometimes there's like a flyer in the men's room about like upcoming events, right? I did not do this. I'm just telling you what I read because I really would not do this because it was graffiti. But there was a flyer up. Right. And it was about an upcoming psychic that was going to be there. It was like psychic and stakes or whatever. I'm making up the name of it. Right. So the somebody who had some wit wrote on there. Do you think she knows I won't be there? Like at the event? <laughs> I go, that's great. I love it. I love that. <laughs> you know, I love anything like that. That was well, just so um, having having lived on Bell Boulevard in uh, in uh, right off of Union Turnpike. So I, I know Bayside. I you know, more connected than we probably know a lot of the oh, same. There's more. There's yeah. more. Holy Cross High School. All right. Okay. So uh, I'm a Chaminade guy. My friend, um, my friend Frank Orzo, uh, graduated Holy Cross in, in the 60s. So I think he certainly uh, would beat you through there, you know, was there yeah. for you. Yeah. But my uh, my business partner, Ed Probst, is St. Francis Prep guy. Ed's the president of the Bayside Business Association. I've been on the board for a bunch of years. Anyway, we got a lot in common. We'll have to have yes, a, another meeting without anybody listening. <laughs> just <to> get, <laughs> it, might be, it might be boring them. All right, Bill. Bill Shul, thanks for being here. Shout out to the organization. Shout out how we can get in touch just give me the website and all that stuff real quick too. Not a problem. We are located uh, in, well, we, we, you can find us at uh, venturefoundation.org um, where um, our phones, they're on the website. Everything's on the website, venturefoundation.org. Everywhere you need to get a hold of us are there. All of our events are posted. We, we stay pretty common and current with it. We have lots of ways that you can help us. You can donate directly. You can donate uh, uh, with, with, with testaments and trusts. And we, we have, you know, sharing with your with your with your employer all those things they're all up on the website uh it tells a it tells a story of people who care and are trying to help i love it i, I just i gotta send out mike stager some love and appreciation for making this connection bill i think we're gonna be friends for sure for like i mean gosh we're just getting warmed up gang listen pay attention to your nonprofits in your community you know you don't have to go over the top like a nonprofit sector connector would but just get involved make an impact that's what we're here we're here for a limited amount of time be compassionate make an impact make the world a better place that's what i'm trying to do bill thank you for being here thank you for your friendship make it a great day all right Tommy, I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. Got it. Take care, everybody. We'll see you later. Bye. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? 
Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 